Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Bray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man. All right, boom. We are back. Still no clippy clippy for the Pulp MX wrap-up show. This is the wrap-up show for episode 396. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod show. Uh, I want to thank all the Pulp MX ra- uh, sponsors right off the bat. BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Engines, and Suspension, Michelin Starcross 5s. Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, W Wheels, Roost Graphics, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering. So we got a full house on the line tonight from w- WSA brings you the one and only Ryan Galdi from Guaranteed MX. What's up, Galdi? I'm doing good, Dark Side. Looking forward to this. And hearing the other special Canadian you have on the line, his voice just makes me feel so warm inside. Yeah, the other Canadian on the line is brought to you by Guts Racing, the best seats and seat foam in the business, gutsracing.com. Uh, and on the line is Mr. Tyler Medallia, not Medaglia, Pulp, uh, Steve Mathis. It's Medallia. What's up, T-Dags? Hello, Dark Side. Not too much. Just hanging out. Excited to do this. Uh, Try to get you some good feedback at least on the canadian side anyway yeah i appreciate you reaching out to me and just also on in studio with me my producer brought to you by x brand goggles tj smith what's up tj there's so much love in here i'm just gonna sit back over here in the corner and be quiet yeah you can run the board and help out a little bit so if the sound is off this time it's tj's fault but uh guys so galdi man in studio again you always get stuck following like a a plus plus show well i mean I'm not. What are you talking about, man? I bring the A++ to that show. Well, you, is yeah. the one that gets the show. Noob sucks at that stuff. He just mooches on everybody else's show. <laughs> well, you've gotten stuck You gotten stu- after David Bradshaw and then a couple other big-time guests, typically. But usually you have Randy Richardson's on, on with you, and you guys are, like, as everybody says, the yuck yucks and lots of laughs. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, t- uh, no, I, I like. It. I don't. I don't care who I follow. I'll bring the ruckus to that ass. As, as Gringo. <laughs> Gringo. Yeah. Yeah. So also in studio with you, like we said, was Ryan Lockhart, the new from Atlas Brace. Uh, on the line this week was Colton Fasciati, Filthy Phil Nicoletti, Will Hahn calls in, and Carson Mumford, and also Denny Stevenson, Stephen A. Stevenson. So a, a full show. Uh, Galdi, what was the atmosphere like? I mean, just listening, it sounded like it was lots of fun. But Steve was. Kind of ready to get out of there because you had an early morning the next morning. Uh, yeah, heading in, I mean, the list was pretty good. You never know uh, on the Canadian name side of things. I know he gets a little uh, slack sometimes when he's got an all-Canadian show, but him being a Canadian, he wants to do that. So uh, when he picked me up at the airport and brought me in, he actually bought me lunch, too. Actually, paid for everything all weekend, which is pretty sick. Heck, yeah. They're all wonderful days. And, uh, and uh, once we started talking about things, I... I knew stuff will be good. Uh, Fasciati was is a good interview. Uh, he's a little bit dull sometimes, but he's he's coming off a good uh, banquet bender and a sixth title, so he was going to say some funny stuff. And then it's always good to have Phil on because you can pretty much tell him to go fuck himself, and he'll still laugh kind of thing and have a good time with that. Absolutely. And, and, and as far as this, this new Stephen A. Stevenson thing, I was kind of interested to see where that was going to go, uh, but it, everything worked out good. Talk to those guys some of course, JT, he's always on there having a laugh, too. Right, yeah, and we're going to get into all the guests. Uh, T-Dags, what do you think having a couple Canadians in, a lot of Canadian talk, talking about the series? Um, did you enjoy the show? Was this a, was a, a top show for you? Yeah, it, it was a good show. I always looking forward to, you know, whenever there's a Canadian, I try to listen. I, I listen quite a bit, especially, like, when I do any, any sort of boring training, kind of, uh, I like to listen to the show and keep up with the with the gossip on everything, it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. And then, like you said about that, they have to follow it. But yeah, hey Tyler, you're going in yeah. and out real bad. It's uh, it's you're you're losing a connection. I don't know if you're moving around or if you just have a bad area. Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, I got most of what you okay. said. But yeah, I do. I enjoy the Canadian content. Um, 
we've had we try to get i've had courtney lloyd on the show a few times of course yourself and colton fasciati i'm i think the canadian series deserves a little more um exposure than it gets uh and i think in the next couple of years with this rockstar triple crown i think it's going to continue to grow and uh you know we're gonna we're gonna touch on uh Marilyn Bastido, I believe is her name, a little bit here once we talk MX, MX of Nations. But let's talk about the beginning of the show, man. I mean, Dylan was uh, Dylan was on hold, ready to go. Um, Dylan's getting all the hate that, I, that I've been getting over the last few weeks. They kind of took some of that weight off my shoulders. But I feel bad for the guy because he's passionate, man. That's what the sport's about. We love the sport. We love to talk about it. We have our favorites. Uh, T-Dax, what do you think about Dylan, man? Is he a little much or is he just a passionate fan? Well, that was the whole thing. You guys were talking about uh, Goldie kind of following up on some good shows like GL, and then you guys, I didn't really get a chance to listen to the Damon Bradshaw one, and then when I started listening to this one, I was like, man, I'm already going to have to shut it off. I'm like, I felt bad for Goldie and Duke because they had to follow up a Damon Bradshaw <laughs> show with this Dylan guy going off at the beginning. It was kind of like super annoying and whiny, and yeah, I get the, I get the passion, but you got to be like, holy crap, man, give your head a shake a bit. Yeah, he he may need to tighten up his uh, tighten up what he wants to say a little bit, and I think people are kind of bagging on him about his voice and uh, that you know the dude. I thought it was a chick for like the first two times they called him. Yeah, yeah, he almost sounded like um, DJ girl that used to be that Kiefer had on that one time. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is the same person. But uh, Galdi, yeah, you kind of you know you you gave him a little bit of shit. Um, what do you think about Dylan? I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts on those fans that call into the Pulp Show and? Um, you know, they, they sometimes are a little whackpackish, like Howard Stern whackpacker style. Yeah, no, I mean, you got, you can't argue with the kid's passion. He's obviously got something that he loves about Eli, uh, and the passion there. So you can't knock that. I mean, we want the fans and I mean, Steve's army, if you will, that's, that's what it's built. He's built such a, a stronghold that you, you're not going to have everybody that's just an awesome fan. You're going to have some, some fucking meatheads out there. Uh, and Dylan, is a passionate fan that can turn into a meathead with you know with that quick phone call for sure. But uh, I mean, as far as the voice and shit, whatever. Who cares? He doesn't have a strong voice or something. He's he probably stuck in his mummy's basement eating craft dinner and watching Star Wars reruns. But he's fucking passionate. You can't knock that. And uh, it, I, I find it funny. Steve gives him a lot more time than I thought that he would. Yeah. Um, I figured he would he would get the clippy clippy uh, a little quicker, but he's giving him his time. But I would assume here it's probably going to come to an end, uh, unless maybe he gets his own segment of, like, you know, Dill Hole Dylan, tune in to listen to this guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Steve. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, well, the, yeah, I thought it was going to show the damn thing, too, because, like, it just kept going on and on and on. It kept going on about, like, spirit and this and that. Like, geez, man, like, just chill. I mean, even even the gentleman, Nash, the gentleman, gentleman dude, like, he, he like, like, he'll shut him down quick, like, super quick if he starts going on, you know? And I'm surprised he let Yeah. Hey, Tyler, your phone's still pretty bad. It's it's off and on, but, yeah. That's, man, what are they not, are there not good phones, uh, phone towers up in Canada, or what's up? The only good thing coming out of there was a trailer park boy. Yeah, he, he told me no, he was in only, the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ty. No, this is what's happening is Galdi's whining about the time. He can't sit to the time. I have a, a guy dropping out of a skid steer to cut the, so I can get the grass cut in the Supercross track, and Galdi's whining about coming on at 730. I, I don't mind blaming Galdi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Galdi <laughs> did, did, Galdi did ask to start a little early, but, but I mean, it wasn't that early. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's all good. But um, anyway, yeah. Just uh, when when God, uh, Tyler told me he was up, he was he said I'm in the Atlantic time zone. I was like, what the fuck is the Atlantic time zone? I know Central, Eastern, and Pacific. That's it. So <laughs> threw me off a little bit. God's country. I hear you. So Galdi, um, a lot of talk about this the Canadian series, the the motocross. Um, being wrapped up and a lot of talk about drinking and puking in this episode. Um, so you got, is that just what the Canadian series is all about after racing is drinking and puking? Well, I mean, Steve's show is all about stories. He yeah. loves good stories. And of course you like a little bit of drama mixed in there and you pretty much can't get more stories and more drama uh, than maybe the fucking high school cafeteria down the road. 
<laughs> right now on uh, because like what the Canadian series delivers. Our banquets are notorious for having moments of like, what in the f just happened? And uh, this year it was three Texas Mickey's, no shirts, uh, beans and potatoes all over Tyler's chest. And uh, when I told Steve all this heading into the thing, he was like, he was as giddy as he was when he was going to have Bradshaw, man. He was just raging boner to hear all these fucking dramatic out of out of the world stories. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I love listening to it. You know, I, I keep saying I got to get up there one day. It just seems like it's so, it would be so fun to come to a Canadian national. And then I hear your stories and I'm like, man, this is just like, like grassroots. So we like to celebrate. All right. Yeah. We are passionate. And when it is done, we want to celebrate. Absolutely. Ty, so I should have asked you guys in the beginning. I usually start off. Tyler, uh, how long have you been listening to Pulp Um, It was on in, what was it, 2013 I was on? Yeah. He did a podcast with me. And then, uh, yeah, and then I listened to the show. Um, Especially because I have to drive from like 630 hours and you guys have morning and drive for winter training yeah that's yeah you gotta do a lot of driving up there so it, it definitely the, the pulp mech show probably makes those those long drives out in the middle of nowhere go pretty quick huh yeah and then uh, yeah, like, uh, i'm training and i got like obsessed with bicycle racing so i, you know, I ended up racing cat uh, road cycling and uh during my training like my long boring road road bike rides by myself i would listen to the, to the show and it like made it go by quite a, quite a bit quicker so yeah and then just and then you kind of just like the, the format you get kind of like the format is like there's segments and yeah and, uh, yeah when, when there's good guests and stuff it's just it's just cool like my favorite thing is like the piano section you know so right yeah so that's pretty cool and galdi uh you've known steve for a long time you guys are good buddies but what, what what's your first memories of pulp mx as a show um well, as a show, I'm not 100% sure when the first part of the show was on, but I thought he was a fucking asshole at the beginning of it all because he called me out for, for breathing. I mean, when I used to do the arena cross announcing, uh, he, I, he watched a show and I had like a live camera on me and I would talk while I would ride. And most of the time I was hung over, so I'd be breathing <laughs> heavy and shit for like the show on Monday. And that fucker would make fun of me. And then I found out he was like this big fat dude that I didn't even fucking know. And we had a bit of a riff <laughs> at the beginning of it. In like 07, 08, uh, I thought he was a fucking asshole. And, and then he was doing like Racetracks Canada. And he was always talking shit on me because I was working for MXP at the time. So at the beginning of all this, there actually was not much of a friendship. And then uh, at some point, we, we hashed it out. And I don't know, probably somewhere around, I'd probably have been a listener now for like four or five years. Okay. That's about the same as me. And yeah. TJ, you're sitting here with me. Uh, what? What's? When did you first pick up on Pulp MX? Man, it was. I mean, it was so long ago. I don't even remember. I. I mean, how? Seven years ago or something okay. like that. It was pretty new and got me into like into podcast period. I listened to a lot of different podcasts because of Pulp because that was the first one that I'm like these podcasts are pretty cool. So then I started listening to all kinds of other stuff. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and the first, like I said earlier, the first call-in guest of the night was Colton Fasciotti. I mean, he's a Canadian legend. Um, announced his retirement. Hate to see him go. I finally got to meet him at MX of Nations last year. Great guy. Team Canada last year. T-Dags also. Um, just amazing, man. Um, I've said before, and, and Steve's going to hate I'm getting off script. I'm not even talking about the Pulp Show here. But um, Courtney Lloyd and that team just made me feel like I, I was Canadian. Like I was part of the team. She made me feel like I was at home and – um, yeah, it was really cool. So, Gold, yeah, well, well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, just yeah, it was cool to get to, to meet you too. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I've been teammates with Cole on, on uh, Team Canada for um, I can't remember how many times, but at least three, maybe even four of the times that I've gone, he's been on it too. Right. Uh, yeah, and, and he's uh, he's been a, uh, a real tough competitor of mine since we were on you know 80s moving up through the ranks so um yeah it was you know it's kind of sad to see him go because he's you know he's still so good and uh, yeah and he's just you know a staple in canada and i like that he committed his whole career to racing up here even though you know he could have 
he could have easily went down and, and chased the dream in the States for, for longer. But, you know, he, he was a good role model for a lot of kids up here, you know, to show that you can, you don't need to go down to the States. You know, for, for some of us, you, you can make a good living uh, racing dirt bike and um, being competitive up in Canada. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a good guest on Pulp, and Steve does well, of course, with the Canadian riders, Galdi. But um, do you think that maybe um, Steve could spend more time, maybe you know, commit more time to the Canadian series than he does? No, absolutely not. Our fucking doesn't get enough attention. Sorry, Tyler. It doesn't it doesn't get enough attention uh, worldwide? Where uh, America's a fucking patriotic place, man. They just they love hearing about America, and nothing else fucking matters. What about you, Tyler? Uh, I think that. Well, I mean, I, I think he does give us a lot of. He does give us a lot of, um, yeah. you know, feedback, and he does talk about it quite a bit. Um, I think for some of the American fans that that follow the show, because of the huge following, there, there's a lot of people that could care less about what we're doing up here. So just even the fact that he does, you know, mention us, and and we got a little bit of his, uh, you know, parts of his show. That that's that's pretty cool to me. I mean, I think he does enough. Yeah, well, he he has Galdi in quite a bit, and, and Noof, and we do get that taste every so often. But I, you know, it's I like to hear about it more. I don't get to watch a lot of them because they're not always easy to watch. Um, but I, I definitely like hearing about the stories, and I love when Galdi's in because he's so passionate. Galdi, I mean, that's how many years have you been involved? Like, were you a young kid growing up in the Canadian motocross scene, or did you discover it at an older age? No, I've been racing. Uh, 1987, I started racing, and I turned pro in 95, TV job in 2002, and I've literally been at the fucking dirt bike track for 30 <laughs> weekends a year for for 35 years. I really yeah. don't know much else. I've got my university degree, my college degree, my bachelorette, my everything is motocross. Okay, awesome. He's got, he's got more passion, and he's done so much for Canadian moto. It's, it's, un, it's really unbelievable. Like, I you know, it's kind of hard to say it. He's just playing stuff, but uh, yeah, like I looked up to him when I was a kid when he was a pro, and and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he does a lot for for us, and he cares so much. Like, yeah, you know, it's not about the money, and it's not about the money or anything. He's the one that you know wants it to be as good as possible for everybody. You know, there's not a lot of people like that. Everyone's in it for themselves. There's like you know, you can count on one hand how many people are are like Elby. Right. Um, so, you know, at some point during this conversation, I think it was maybe Colton was off the phone. You guys are talking about you, um, <clears throat> the last race at Bud's Creek, and Steve brings up the Jet Lawrence pulling off, you know, and that, that was there was a lot of topic, of course, you guys talking about Bud's Creek, but um, Steve's been pretty hot about Jet Lawrence pulling off the track early. He has his opinions of the amateurs coming in and racing the pro races. I kind of feel like he was more upset with Jet just because he was on his fantasy team. What do you think, Galdi? I know I've been on the show about the fantasy uh, uh, fantasy thing for sure because he um, – well, I pissed him off because he lost a bunch of points. But I like the rule. We have that kind of rule at home where amateurs can kind of get their, their feet wet. But I also get I also get Steve's point of, like, you know, Jet kind of stealing a spot from the guy that would have qualified, say, 41st or 42nd yeah. in the 2 class. He might have been that, that true privateer. So – you got an argument on both sides for sure, but I mean, on the American side of things, I mean, they're looking to to get these kids a little bit experience to spend a lot of money. So yeah, on the team side, they, they, it's a it's a bonus, but for sure, some guy, some poor guy, some uh, what do you call him, Johnny Campbell, I think his name was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's not that's not a real guy, I don't think. But Johnny Campbell got fucked out of his spot in the motos, and then Jet Lawrence pulled off. So yeah, I think hey, it was yeah, Johnny Carpenter. He was talking, yeah, Johnny Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Campbell is a real guy. Yeah, Johnny Campbell is like a Baja legend, isn't he? Yeah. yeah I'm so, sure Johnny yeah. Carpenter is a fucking real guy, too. Okay, Johnny Carpenter is <laughs> right. probably a real guy. Yeah, so Tyler, with this argument that he has, like, you know, Steve's opinion of uh, the amateurs, are amateurs, if they're going to be pros, be pros. But then, like, I, I get the feel, I feel like he is okay with Mike Brown, who was a pro racing the amateur races at Loretta Lynn's. Like, I, I don't know that, what, well, you're shaking your head, TJ. What? What? I'm, I'm over here shaking my head because that is a total different thing. They have to have classes available, for, and it's not an amateur class. What he's racing? It's an amateur national. So why is a pro, pro? They have A classes there. That that, that uh, you're you're, you're, okay. you're comparing apples and oranges. Whatever. Am, am I wrong, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't think it's. I don't really think it's comparable. I mean, the Mike Brown thing is 
I, I think it's just like a, uh, you know, those guys in whatever class he's racing is whining. It's like Tim Hortons hockey, you know, it's like nobody wins. You know, they, those are those guys in the 30 whatever plus class that, you know, they, they all want a trophy and give them all a trophy. And they have to make it. <laughs> Like a classroom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, you can race whatever you want. Right. The jet launch thing, I, I think the, the, the jet launch thing, I mean, uh, him racing and, and the amateurs getting their feet wet is one thing, but uh, pulling off is kind of, I don't know, you got to try it the whole way through. Yeah, I told yeah, I, he he's Steve's definitely right about that. You can't just pull off last minute. Tyler, I hate to do this, man, but your phone is still break, like, like it's making a ton of noise. It sounds like you're moving around a lot. Are we... I'm, I'm literally, in the, I'm like, my neck is sore from holding this position because I thought it was good. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, it's just... It's I just, kicked him out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I don't because Galdi sounds good, but there's just a lot of background noise, I'm, and I'm sure we'll, we'll deal with it. I mean, I can understand what you're saying. It's just breaking up a little bit. Not too bad, but um, let's talk about Phil Nicoletti. Phil comes up. Uh, Phil's one of, the, obviously, the all-time great guests on the Pulp Show. Um, we love his negativity, the black cloud that surrounds him. Um, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk about the issue with Alessi last or a couple weeks ago. Um, golly, what's it been like having Phil up there and, um, how much, how great is he on the pulp show? Uh, well, I'll start with the pulp show part. He's absolutely great on the pulp show because him and Steve feed each other as if they were like, not a comedy act, but some sort of like act that you would buy a ticket in Las Vegas to go and watch, you know? because um, they just, like, fuck with each other and stuff like that. And then as far as our series, he was an asset this year. He's tough as nails. He's the right kind of American that you want out there. He's got no ego. He's not a, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder for the sport. He uh, he belongs in our series. I mean, me and, me and him bumped heads because I disagreed yeah. with the penalty after uh, after Stanley. But whatever, that's neither here nor that. That could have been anybody else. could have been Fasciati or anybody, like I said, on the show. But uh, it... Uh, he he was awesome. He's awesome for the pulp show. The pulp fans love him because he's straight to the point. He's passionate, and he says what you know. He says it's on his mind, and everybody loves a good opinion. And he can back it up. He's not just some fucking plug. He can get on the track and back it up. And I think that that speaks volumes. Like what Kid Rock always used to say, "It's not cocky if you can back it up." And uh, that's what's fucking. I I live by those words. So uh, and he was great on the track this year in Canada. He was awesome. And every time we did an interview or talked about it. It was awesome, and he would always make fun of Steve, and you know, it always it kind of gave you that sort of nexus to talk about too. If it got quiet in the room, you could make fun of Steve in the pulp show. Right, and Tyler, how about you know, we all the aggression and the uh, the the things that came out of Phil's mouth with the Alessi incident, and then Steve brings up, you know, they they give him a sword at the last round. How was that? Yeah. Oh, that, that couldn't be that couldn't be any better. Right. <laughs> Comedy gold right there. Yeah, that's that's classic. Um, how about uh, Galdi? How about <laughs> Phil saying he didn't know how to play bingo? L L fifty. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah. First off, a fifty is under the N, uh, <laughs> Phil. Again, you dumbass. But uh, yeah, I don't. Th- I guess is that not a game in fucking America? Are we is everybody just too fucking powerful uh, down there to not play a simple game of bingo? I played bingo uh, all through yeah. school. I think bingo is just for like old people. No man, we played in school all the time. We get like candy bars when you want and uh, shit. But, we do. We yeah, you do it in school as a kid. But we did it. We do it at the Transcan. The Walton, like we were there last week. It's like our version of the Red is a week long amateur event. All the grassroots families, the moms and dads are there, and that was Phil's not. It wasn't his payment back to the MCC thing, but it was uh, it was his um, it was just an easy way to kind of make it happen. Everything kind of fell in place, and then of course you know he was awesome. We had a great time, and then he says, "Is that an I or an L?" And we're like, "What the fuck? So how do you like, how do you spell like when he spells bingo with an L?" And then it's like zero sixty nine, and I'm like, "What the fuck? Right. across the dumbest." Dumbest fucking guy in the room right now, and everybody's laughing at me. You heard him on the show. He's like, dude, all these Canadians are just yelling at me, just screaming at me. I'm like, yeah. I didn't play fucking bingo with it. Boom, he's swearing on the mic in front of all the families and shit again. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, that was a great punishment, uh, or whatever you want to call it, for the incident. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's fan- that is perfect for Phil. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> comedy it was comedy absolutely so tyler I, i've got for both of you guys i've got a uh, just a general canadian question here this is it all right so burning house burning building and this is for you first tyler oh. tragically hip tragically hip rush and nickelback in the burning house who do you pull out 
Oh, the hip for sure. How about you, Galdi? Oh, the hip all the way. The hip all the way. Isn't that it? That's really interesting. As an American who loves music, I didn't know anything about the hip until Steve talks about it all the time. You know, Steve kind of turned me on to him. Um, I never really cared for Nickelback. I can I, Rush is okay, but like Tragic the Hip, man, that's a great band. It's so strange that they did not transition over into the states. Um, I think it's because they're a, they were more of a cult band. They weren't like a pop rock or yeah. poppy thing. You know, your MTVs and shit could jump on where the you know American would really push. So they were just a cult band, like a great fire pit band, yeah, uh, low key atmosphere, you know, kind of thing like that. It was a bit more of an adult type of music as well. It wasn't really much for the kids. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, a lot, a lot of my, a lot of my buddies that play hockey and stuff, that, and are like kind of hard dudes. They all love the hip. Yeah, I watched that documentary on them that uh, was out not too long ago, and it just it's unbelievable how popular they're like the Metallica of you know of uh, Canada. Like they're just so loved, they sell out huge arenas. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, yeah, unreal. So again, not so pulp related, but I just well, Steve's a tragically hip fan, so he's probably fine. Yeah. That's- uh, pulp related. The hip and Steve are, are touched at the hip and connected at the hip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I want to touch uh, again a couple of these sponsors real quick. W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com. Of course, all the, uh, all the sponsors that help out make all the Pulp Shows happen, they support the wrap-up show. Go to PulpMXShow.com for all the discount codes and links you can get it support their support the sponsors and support the shows because without them we have no show and for everybody that's listening still hang tight at the end of the show we have another episode of hello pookie coming up um all right so we're gonna move on uh steven a stevenson also known as denny stevenson he was on fire um never buying a kawasaki again he's wound up about kawi not going um tyler and he just called in right like it was, I think it, it was scheduled. Yeah, oh, it was, it was scheduled. scheduled? Okay, yeah, the way yeah. they, no, it, was, it was set up. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Steve up. mentioned it. At the the way that the show. they kind of played it, I thought it was he was just calling in. No, Steve okay. mentioned at the beginning of the show that Stephen A. Stevenson was going to be on. I think he even put it on Twitter ahead of time. Um, but Tyler, he was he was wound up. He is uh, definitely setting his opinions. Great interview, though. Yeah, it was. I I didn't know that it was him because of the, the new nickname. I, I <laughs> okay. It was kind of weird it was the whole time. Well, yeah, I just I know that Steve's been calling him that for a while now. I I think that's a, re- a reference to some political guy or something that I don't know, but yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, no, he's an ESPN, ESPN. He's an ESPN sports guy, and ah. I like these hot takes, and that's why you heard Denny kind of started talking like himself at the beginning, right? And then he turned himself into the Stephen A. Stevenson, so he turned himself into a caricature. Uh, and that guy's like, he kind of talks like like Jackie Childs off a of science house. This is ludicrous. This is crazy. This is insane. It can't be this way. And that's like his thing, I guess, on ESPN and shit. So That makes actually, more sense. Like he did a good role. Yeah, he did a good role. Yeah, uh, if, that's Stephen a., if that's Stephen A. Stevenson listened, I bet you he'd be like, my man, he did a fucking good, you know, he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, and Galdi. When you said it was Debo, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Now I get it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, he's talked about that on previous episodes. So I was on I, I was on board with that. I just didn't know exactly who Stephen A. Stevenson was. Um, TJ, what do you think about Danny Stevenson? He's he's pretty fired up about the MX of Nations topic. I was like actually completely surprised at how blatant he was out there, but I didn't know anything about the about the caricature or anything. So uh, I don't know how much of that was him having fun with it or how much he actually feels that way. I was a little surprised. Oh. Go ahead, Galdi. He feels that way. Sorry, he feels that way. That might, that boy is angry about this current situation with Kawasaki and MX. And he, he's got a point. He's like on yeah. the same kind of level as like Dylan is for, for Tomac. It, it, I, as an American patriot, which is one of the most patriotic country, countries in the world, like to not have our champion in one class and maybe most likely the other champion not going because of like a political problem. It fucking right. That man, that pisses, that pisses me off, and I'm not even American. I'm like, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not happy about it either. Um, you know, again, I know nobody cares about my opinion. But I'm not happy about it. Um, I understand the complaints about the schedule and you know may, how difficult it is for the United States riders to do it. But when I hear a guy like Zach Osborne 
who's like, I'll, I'll go three weeks early. I don't care. I'll do whatever it takes because it's that important to me. He has that passion. So I'm actually more excited about Zach going than I would be if Eli was going. Um, if Eli does, if Eli actually doesn't want to go, I don't know. We had Brian Kranz on last night and Brian says that Eli does want to go. Who knows if that's true or not? Oh, I can see it. Both, both riders. AC said he wanted to go away at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And, and Kip told me they want to fucking go. They're racers. Tyler on the phone right now. He would fucking love to go. Obviously our country's in disarray as far as that goes, but he would love to go because he's a fucking racer. His heart is in it for his country and they would do it. They would like to do it too. No matter if they're going to get their ass kicked at Aston and all that stuff. They're fucking patriots, man. They riding for your country or doing anything for your country is fucking amazing. And everybody that says otherwise is just they're they they're either stuck in the fucking Instagram world and don't give a shit and would rather look at some chick's body or fucking some <laughs> dude fucking singing a ukulele or some other weird thing. But if you're doing something for your country, that means you're doing something right. And that means you're you know, I, I believe in stuff like that for sure. Yeah, so Tyler on top of on top of that, um, you know, Francis arguably have won a couple of their last few times without their best guys, I would think. Like, without Marvin, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think Marvin could still kick those guys' ass uh, on their team at any given race, you know? So I think with the team that uh, the state has, I think it's a pretty damn good team, man, honestly. Yeah, I yeah, do. No, I sure. do, too. Let's let's talk about you guys talked about the MX of Nations issue for Canada. Uh, it's a very hot topic. Um, and I want to touch on a little bit. Uh, I, I you know I know Galdi, you did an interview with Courtney Lloyd a few months ago on your pod um, talking about the situation, and then I actually did one with Courtney after that because I had some follow up questions after listening to yours. Um, that I was just really blown away with the fact that this one person, this Marilyn Bastido, if I'm saying her name right has so much power, and there's, like, nobody in Canada that can just, like, shut her down. Um, explain that situation a little bit, Galdi. Like, why is it – why can't – why is there nobody that can be like, no, fuck this bitch, we're going, and she has nothing to do with it? You know, how, I don't understand the situation completely. Well, we, we have – Taking away the Nobody no, – yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody supports anything they do. The problem is, is that the FIM – doesn't give a fuck, basically. There's bylaws and there's written written rule and all this bullshit that they run to instead of being like, look, you're fucking useless. Clippy, clippy, take a fucking drift off a short pier, honey, and fucking see you down the road kind of thing. Uh, but they just won't step up and fucking do it. We're too small on the bottom scale of what matters. Yeah. So they won't fucking I've had a couple of email conversations and a little bit of things with, like, Dingman, who is now the vice president. And those fucking guys can be like, Okay, let's get this done. Let's wash our hands of this shit and help another country that is willing to raise money. Courtney raised $60,000 a year for the last three years to go to this race. I did it. I did. I raised 55000 bucks. Do the math on that. We're well over $200,000 of putting money into the infrastructure of Canadian motocross, the future of it, and then, of course, whatever the fuck the FIM gets out of that for their cut so Giuseppe can fucking pay for all his women and yachts. <laughs> but, Wow. It's a total shame, a travesty, as Stephen A. Stevenson said in the, on the show. It's a fucking travesty right. that it is this way. It's coming to, it is coming to an end. I, I, I have a good feeling for 2020 that it's going to make some changes. Good. And she'll be fucking gone because they have no money to help her to, have, to put money back into the FIM infrastructure. She's been fraudulently making up races and shit. There's been like races in Agassiz, BC, where like, Two guys on the gate are now FIM fucking world champions in the in the plus thirty class because they, they, she's fucking said, oh yeah, we run national events and shit. The broad is fucked. She's lost her mind, and the and they, she needs to go. And if I'm the guy doing it, awesome. If I'm not, because I share my opinion too much, I don't give a shit. But if anybody else can fucking do it, but her and Joe Godsell, Canada will be better off. And I think we're going that way. That's the direction we're going right now. That's why the team is not going this year because nobody's funding it. People believed in the CMA go away thing that we did, and and it fucking sold it. They just got uh, put out today. I think that press release, which is the fucking shittiest thing I've ever wrote, <laughs> wrote. But it doesn't matter. They're not fucking going. It sucks for our country, yes. But it's time for the people on the higher-ups to realize, fuck that broad, we're not supporting it if she's involved. I think you should maybe be a little more passionate about that. <laughs> yeah, I, DJ, I'm fucking deep into it, man. I can't no, handle I get the you. I get it. That has this much fucking power. Like, it's just ridiculous. It is fucking ridiculous. All of us over here are completely mind-blown about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, and let me ask you this. Uh, this is for you, Tyler and Golly, but I'll ask you first, Tyler. Um, is it better this year to not have a team go to support your cause than it would be if some riders said, okay, yeah, I'll go anyway? Tyler. Um, well, it's hard to say. There's so many arguments against it, but like for and against this because the the CMA is not just motocross, and they never and you know from all the uh, backlash and stuff, I don't think they've ever really liked the motocross off road, flat track, road racing, and that. So. Um, I don't know the full thing. I think everyone sticking together for once and doing something together for once is huge. Um, so yeah, especially especially in Canada and, and this whole donations thing. I mean, it's the biggest race on the whole freaking planet, and, and I'm bummed out because it's a sand track, you know. And we got a good we got good sand riders up home. Like that's that's the biggest shame, but it has to happen this year, and we have really good sand riders. Yeah, Galdi, what what are your thoughts on that? Is would it? You heard the question. I mean, if you just guys don't go yeah. this year, does that prove anything? Uh, no, I don't think it proves anything. I mean, it proves a little bit of a point saying that they don't, they can't. Like, it proves this year that they can't do it without the support of the people and the teams and the riders. Yeah, uh, yeah, they could have put some sort of Mickey Mouse effort together, but no, it's a shame because uh, you know we again, like Tyler just said, we have we have world class riders that deserve to go to that stage. They deserve to be a part of that gate. They deserve to sit on the gate with your hurling and your Caroli and your geyser and, and your fucking Prados. And then of course, all the American heroes and stuff like that. They deserve to be there and allow our Canadian kids, our grassroots guys to watch them on this stage. Like if there's nothing but when I was in 14 in Latvia and I was watching fucking guys, like I was just, my heart was beating. I was just like this proud moment. It would be like, if I was watching my kid, play on Team Canada and hockey. Like, there's nothing better than the world stage for your world stage athletes. Yes, our Canadian series is amazing. It's amazing. The American series is amazing. The GPs are amazing. But to jam them all together and the best of the best, there's just nothing like it. So that part that part sucks that we're not going to be there. Yeah. But I think it just proved right now with the voice that got spoken and, and where we went with it by saying, you know what, fuck that. Let's all get behind this. And, and sure enough, now we don't got a team. So it showcases that. The FIM should see this now, and the people that are, you know, still drinking Maryland's Kool-Aid in, in some <laughs> shape or form, like, look, if your country doesn't fucking like you, we we got to reassess this shit. Like, we got to fucking, we want that team over there. We want that team. Yeah, I, I think you guys should be there. You guys are fantastic riders, and it's, uh, you know, and I, I love Steve's passion for the Canadian riders. So, uh, yeah, I hope it all works out. I hope you guys are back next year and everything is better. Um Let's let's move on to a different topic. Carson Mumford, uh, one of the Geico Honda yeah. rookies, calls in. Uh, I, I love Carson; he's a great kid. Um, do you know Do you know Carson Carson at all, uh, Galdi? Have you ever met him? Uh, no, I've never met him at all. Just by what you see on your on your Insta bangers or something like that. <laughs> That's it, or what you've ever read. I've never never met him. Never seen him race. Not once ever. So what do you, what did you think of his, him on the Pulp Show as a personality? He's a you know young kid. No, I think he's like nine or 17, 18 years old. Maybe he's only 16 now. I don't know, but he's a young kid. Um, yeah. what do you think of yeah, him? No, he, um, he was good. He carried himself. Well, he spoke professionally. He spoke honestly. Like I asked him a question about like, what was the biggest shocker of things? And he's yep. just like the whole day. It's like, man, I do. We practice more than we race at some of our <laughs> amateur races, uh, you know? And so the, the whole shock value of it and everything like that. And, uh, he took it with stride. Like he, he, he wasn't, a lot of times nowadays, like, he didn't seem like it. I didn't get a chance to ask him this, but he didn't. He had a couple okay motos, um, but it wasn't like lighting a fire on him. But he sounds dedicated to, you know, figure out what he needs to bring to the next level when he gets there again kind of thing. And uh, I thought that was cool because a lot of times these young kids, if they don't swing for the fences right away, it's like fucking, oh, my God, my dad's fucking mad. My, my <laughs> chick's going to leave me because I'm not hot on Instagram anymore. My fucking mom's going to give me hugs and shit and, I might fucking cry, and I'm I'm weak, and I'm young, and you know they're, they he sounds strong mentally, which I I could feel when I was talking about or listening to him on the phone. I like that part about him. Yeah, yeah, he's great, uh, Tyler. You know, one of the things that Carson said, you know, he he didn't run any thirty minute motos up until like the week before uh, last before what Unadilla? Uh, yeah, no, uh, was Unadilla the first one? Yeah. 
That he yeah, did? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and Steve's like, don't you think you should have been running some 30s? Uh, you know, he kind of called him out a little bit, Ty. What do you, I mean, if you had been in his position, would you have been doing 30s? Well, yeah. I mean, when I was an amateur, yeah. I was doing 30s. <laughs> you, you got to. Right. I mean, you can't really use that. When you ride every single day of the year, all, all winter, everything, like there's no excuse for for not uh, being able to do 30-minute motos. I don't care how long Loretta's motos are and how many amateur. If you're going to line up to do a pro race, you, you line up to do a pro race. It's the way it goes. But having said that, he is a well-spoken kid, and I really enjoyed um, even his little part on uh, he did one of the motos, one of the last recent motos, and he, he seems like he has a good family. And, um, yeah, every time he's been on the Pulp Show, he's been uh, he's been really good. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, so Galdi, you had a, a pretty funny story, uh, when Randy Richardson was on, you talked about, uh, the, the, the speaking of ribs, you stuffing some ribs and T dags, uh, air box. Um, Oh, he put them in, he put them in my air box. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got them backwards. Yeah. yeah I'm going to get, I'll get blasted for that. Yeah. Yeah. So he put them in your air box. Um, how was that, man? I mean, that, I guess the bike price smelled pretty good. Yeah, well, somebody told him about. I didn't know it. No, you fucking did. You texted him. You said, "Hey, man, check your airbox." Uh, it's morning. It's not going to be awake. Um, but you know what? Tyler and I have a pretty good bond. I, I would consider him one of the one of my best friends at the track. Like we don't hang out all the time or so Christmas dinner, but I can go to him and talk to him and some of that. So for him to like play kind of little jokes like that. That means uh, that means we're tight. That means we're yeah, tight. Yeah, sure. that, really, I, I wish that that happened on Friday before I raced at the, in my plus forty class. <laughs> I would have raced with those fucking ribs in my airbox. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> my bike was ready. My filter was good to go. I would have never even looked in there ever unless somebody told me. <laughs> I wish I never. I wish I never sent him that text because I don't even really remember sending him that text. That's the the number one issue that we have here. Yeah, you you, you kind of ruined the joke a little bit. Um, yeah, I messed the bars up first. That was the whole thing. I, I like early oh, on. I, I, I moved his handlebars around his levers, like made them all goon like. And then I got more creative as the night wore on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I can only imagine just be, being a fly on the wall with you guys. After, you know, post race, all the drinks and the puking that we talked about, and just the 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 things that you guys come up with. Um, I, I would think would be a very good uh, reality show. Yeah, and I definitely well, here, got to say that listening when the Canadian guys, whoever it is, comes in the studio, it makes um, from somebody who does who didn't know anything about Canadian moto and tell the pulp stuff. It makes me very interested to watch it and pay attention to what's going on up there. So him bringing y'all over definitely, the, I guess, promotes the, it more than almost anything. Yeah, right at the end of the. Right at the end of the show, um, Steve said that there was two major things that they couldn't talk about. I don't know why they couldn't talk about them. Oh, um, I know. That's in my notes. I, I can talk about both of those things that happened. So, um, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, so the first thing is uh, Mike Genova was going to bring up um, Vince Freeze and Malcolm Stewart to get in with the point to get with Colt and, uh, and Alessi. Oh, and I heard that. I heard that from a couple people, and I, I Mike Genova might not like it, but um, he uh, he paid Vince Freeze to take up my brother one year, so I really don't. I really don't care, right? Oh wow! And then the other thing was um, one of the one one of the drivers has or one of the mechanics was in a side by side and and crashed it with like a, like a couple people in it, and there was a bunch of people that got hurt. So that was like that kind of almost killed the whole vibe of the party. But once everyone, you know, once they, it, it got sorted that no one really got seriously hurt, then it was uh, then it was all good again. You know, man, Tyler, I'm so glad that you came on now because those were in my notes. I was going to try to get Galdi to spill the beans, um, and now T Dags gave us the uh, the inside scoop for the Canadian. Uh, Canadian after party stuff. We'll have to Twitter that out as like clickbait for the show just to get more downloads. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, Tyler's missing a few more things though that I can't share, but ah. Diggs, 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 Diggs would be upset if we talked about some other stuff. But that, that, 
the tone, the the hiring of those guys. Actually, that wasn't really one of the topics, but yeah, it was kind of crazy that Genova was going to hire guys to come and fucking fuck with the teammate. Right. Like not fucking same team. He's on the same team. That was kind of weird. There's always interesting stories, crazy stories coming out of that team. You know, I mean, there's just legendary stories, obviously, with Tony. So uh, I'm not completely surprised. Um, no, but Tony is, Tony is a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I like Tony. He has made a made a 180, and I and I enjoy uh, I enjoy shooting the breeze with with Tony, and you know, even at the races, even at this, you know, we were talking about like the start and stuff, which ironically where the whole like Gurky bike cleaned him out when he wasn't looking and yeah. man like there's some yeah there's always something that follows him it's like he, he he puts so much energy into it like he says like the universe will get you or the universe this and that or it's meant to be it's, it's like he's got so much energy put into it that that uh yeah that's the kind of stuff that happens you know right so hey let's talk about the weekly will call real quick so will calls in pretty regular he didn't call last week on the damon show um but the banter between Steve and Will, there's been a lot of, you know, Steve wants to ride the star Yamaha. Will says it's not going to happen. Galdi, what do you think, man? You got you went to the Yamaha intro yesterday with Steve. Um, you know, yeah. you think uh, you think Steve actually gets to ride the star Yamaha 250 at some point? Oh, yeah, I'd fucking say 100% he gets to ride. I think Will's trying to be a cool guy on the show. Yeah. I think he's just a cool guy. Because at the Yamaha uh, ride day, that Mike Ulrich, uh, who was their marketing manager, racing marketing guy? Anyway, real, just a real, real nice guy. He's like, yeah, we'll make that happen. Yeah, we'll make that happen. So Steve has already kind of got a little one up on Will, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. So uh, yeah, it's going to happen in some shape or form. I mean, I think Keith would be the one doing the riding. I don't think Steve fucking do the riding on. He might ride it a little bit, but yeah, um, well, that's he. Uh, if the, if the fucking shock ain't set up for Steve, he's not going to ride it because he did complain all day yesterday about how bad the shock was. I need a fucking separate shock. His back was sore all driving home and shit. It was pretty funny. That's hilarious because I think he commented on a post about Kiefer being the one trying to make all these changes, and the bike was perfect, and Kiefer's making too many changes. Now you're telling me that Steve was complaining the whole day. No, well, Kiefer's making changes for the consumer. Right, he's making tests and things out to see what the consumer might like and might not like. Like Keefer is, I, I don't. I mean, I know him pretty well, but not like super legit. Fuck that guy is one of the gnarliest rider tester guys I've ever met. He was on that bike all goddamn day trying things. So like when you as a consumer, when you listen to it, like whatever he says is gonna, you're going to get the best option. Saying okay, well he said this bike does this, and he said oh, that part might be better if I'm 215 pounds to compare to a guy that. 218 pounds and whatever kind of thing. So uh, I, I was pretty pretty uh, um, uh, uh, intrigued by what he was doing there yesterday. But no, Steve just like he knows the bike is good and and all that kind of stuff. But the, the rear shock is just not big enough. Steve's a big lad, so he was kind of complaining about that, saying the bike is amazing. I don't need to fucking do anything except the shock. And then on the way home, he's like, "Oh my god, my fucking lower back hurts." <laughs> <of that shock." laughs> how are his skills though, technique wise? How'd Steve look? He looked good, man. He's fucking riding. That's all that matters, man. He's a he's a big fellow there not that long ago when he got motivated by Kiefer and it's got him looking good. He's lost a whole crap ton of weight. Him and Pookie are eating good at the house and all this shit and he's fucking riding a dirt bike, which is pretty much the coolest thing you're gonna do in your life, so fucking serve it up. There you go. There you go. So we're gonna skip over the race tech ramp because we've already talked about the MX the Canadian MX uh DN situation. That's what the race tech rant was about. X brand goggles, um, Galdi, did you did you say are they a cheap goggle? What did you say when he brought up X brand goggles? Uh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Talking about the, what did you say, Tyler? <laughs> no, it's like Galdi's thing is like a budget friendly goggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I've been making I've been wearing stuff from new for like a hundred percent and Fox goggles and shit and I'm. That new Armega one, had I had a bit of an issue with it, and fucking Noof was just bagging on me because I don't know how to wear goggles and shit. <laughs> I don't know how to use tear-offs and stuff. And I'm like, you're just fucking, you're not, he, then off the show, he's like, oh, yeah, well, we do this for the guys that wear them in the pro, and we do this. And I'm like, well, I'm the motherfucking consumer delivering it to these guys, telling them what is good and what is bad. Why don't you tell me what I got to fucking tell these people? I, if I was a customer buying, then I'd be just giving them the middle finger right now. 
Well, let me tell you, you don't have to do anything with X-Brand goggles. They are race-ready, out-of-the-box. Um, you know, I, I'm a big X-Brand supporter, too. And, you know, they – Steve said, no, they're not a discount goggle. They, but, you know, they are a lower price point, but they are every bit as high quality. Just Rich is – Rich isn't trying to uh, – Take 120 bucks for a pair of goggles. I just like them because, unlike some of the other higher brand, uh, higher price goggles, these seem to actually last a lot longer. Oh, the hell foam yeah. stay together, and I'm super cheap. So if I'll spend the money on them, then they're good. Yeah, good stuff, man. So uh, we love the X brand tear off segment. Um, now, so one of the X brand questions was uh, if Colton moved to the Colton Fasciati moved to the U.S., how would he have done? Galdi, um, you know, you, I, you don't didn't really seem to think that he would be one of the top ten guys. What, what did you say he would do? I didn't. No, no, no. I said he would be much like what a JSR was, where he would fit. Okay, yeah, in yeah. the six to ten range on his best days. Uh, the ten range on his best days. Like I feel like if he went down there and spent his time, he'd be throwing around with your. Uh, well, on the outdoors right now, I guess it'd be like your Josh uh, Shorts and Dean Wilson. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, LeMay's, but he would probably also have a moment uh, like he did at Southwick a few years ago. He got a fifth in a moto. Um, actually, that's fucking like eight years ago now. But uh, but yeah, he would have moments where he would be like maybe lead a lap or two running in a podium position, stuff like that. Uh, like Tyler would have been the same kind of way like that. Those guys just know how to find a way to fit in the situation where they're at instead of like complaining about shit and fucking this don't work and right, blah, blah, right. blah. The experience would come in hand. It might not happen in round one. It might take five rounds. But if they made the commitment to go down there, by the end of their, their tenure of doing it, they would be very, very impressive, much like what JSR did uh, in his career, where it took a long time to kind of fit in. And then once he did, uh, like he finished ninth in the outdoor series in 2000 and, uh, or sorry, 1998. 1998, he finished ninth in the outdoor 250 series. Hey, Tyler, uh, another one of the X-Brand tear-offs from Moser was about uh, McAdoo. You know, he asked, did McAdoo make more or less signing with Pro Circuit? Um, and Steve Steve knows the answer. Uh, he he kind of hinted at it, obviously. Why do, why do you think writers or industry people tell Steve some of these some of the some of the information they do because they know Steve's going to spill the beans. Like, he doesn't keep a whole lot of stuff secret. I mean, what do you think? They, are they just that comfortable with uh, Steve and, and the Pulp Show, or do you think maybe they want that information out there? Well, it's kind of like they want it out there. I think it's it's good little tidbits that people can kind of pick up on, and if you've got like if you got your head screwed on straight, you can kind of connect the dots. And for people who don't really that, that can't that are kind of the people that you don't really want to know, sort of thing. Um, other sports, everybody knows what you you make, right? Like and and that kind of stuff, and and especially when they're negotiating for. Uh, yeah, contracts and stuff. So, and, and it's one of the most, you know, the more popular talking points. Yeah. You know, the silly season stuff is like got to be the most slick stuff. You know, it's the most entertaining. I know I always look at it, and I have nothing to do with any of it, but I just like to like to know it's, it's uh, entertaining. Yeah, drama. I, I agree. I think that's one of the coolest things about listening to Pulp is these things you learn that you, you're not, you're definitely not going to probably learn on the broadcast. Just watching it. And maybe you'll catch it in the magazines, Racer X or whatever, four or five months down the road. But some of the the topics that Steve talks about is like, well, so and so texted me today, and this is what I heard, and it's like up to the minute almost. Even on his Twitter, he he'll put stuff out there, and that's a definitely one of my top reasons for loving to listen to Pulp MX is getting this inside info. It's um, TJ, like you know, if you were in the industry, you're you know you're a pro rider. Are you going to tell Steve anything that you don't? Well, I think what he tells us obviously is selective because there's no he knows way more than what he lets out. It has That's to. True. I mean, he's he he's telling us what he. I mean, all of us who have talked to other riders, you can tell whether it's something that oh yeah, it's not a big deal people know, or if it is. So, I'm gonna say he probably knows a hundred times more than what he says. Yeah, I've actually asked him this before when I was maybe earlier this year or last year when we were kind of still starting out with our show, I was like, how do you decide what you say and what you don't say? And he's like, well, if they tell me not to say it, then I don't. But other than that, it's free game. So that's that's fair enough, I guess. Um, all right, Galdi uh, and Tyler, I got just a couple more things, then we're going to get into the BTO hot takes and wrap this thing up. Uh, the voicemails came in, and I think you got, Galdi, you had a chance to probably hear the voicemails earlier before, before the show started, because it sounded like you knew some of them. Is yep. that right? 
Okay. So I yep. ha- I have to say this week I was pleased because I got some positive reviews. Thank you, Gringo. I appreciate That's that. Good. Um I think you Dylan did. took a lot like I said, took a lot of the heat off of me, but um did he ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I, I like I said, I feel a little bit bad for Dylan, but at the same time it took some of the heat off me, so I'm okay with that. Golly, what do you think about these people bringing some, such fire, though, and the negativity in social media and just all the fucking anger and hate sometimes? It's uh, it's an outreach for them. I mean, whether, uh, you know, like saying things like this, their, their lives are fucking mute and things aren't good in it. And Steve has given them a fucking uh, a place to fucking yell and reach out. It's like. When you're in the when you're in a in a meeting and you're fucking mad and then once you get out on the road you just want to ah! and that's the fucking that's the Paul Pumex show man he allows he gives people an outlet for their anger or or whether it be negative or positive towards towards the show or towards the industry and I think uh, that's what he's done for the the pulp nation he's kind of given that outlet and and that like kind of lean back to what you were just saying about some of the information that he lets out and he's very good at that and he's earned the respect and trust from the racers and the managers and the team owners and all that stuff to give them in that information. And, of course, they know what they're doing, too. If they're feeding him a little bit, they're probably feeding it because they know it'll get out there and piss somebody off over there that might fucking change a contract negotiation over here or a, a geared deal or the way this guy does something in the pits or the way they maybe race each other on the track. That's what it does in the, in the, in the industry or for the fans as well. It gives these guys an outlet to do it like, like right now, yeah, Dylan right now is like he's pretty much been lit on fire. Yeah, and uh, so there's probably people in there that are still fucking angry at their boss uh, at at the job that they hate, and they're like, you know what? And they can't say anything or do fuck all about it. Fuck it. I listen to the Paul show. I'm going to take everything I hate about my boss. I'm going to anger right at fucking Dylan, even though I've never met the guy, and know nothing about him. But fuck him. I hate him right now because I can't say it in my real world. Right, Tyler. What about you, man? I mean, you're a writer. You're you're you have fans and followers. Um, I'm sure you get some negative sometimes. It, it, you know, it, it kind of sucks to where our, our, uh, the social media has brought our, you, the, I don't know, whatever our world today, where there's so much negativity. But yeah, everybody has a voice. Everybody has an opinion. Um, the voicemails, voice yeah. those. It's not just a, it's not just a show, man. I mean, you could, like, if you check out the YouTube comments of like a little girl flying a kite, like the most racist, condescending shit you'd ever read in your life, right? <laughs> okay. so, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, like that's just the way life is. You gotta have yeah. a. You gotta have. There's a lot less common sense these days. Like you gotta. I mean, some things is just like you gotta know that you're gonna get tore up. I mean that, like Dylan, for example, going on for ten minutes about the same thing, and then you know talking over over Steve and and like just like, you know the whole the whole ordeal is like you should know to just shut it down, dude. Like if you don't want to get you, if you don't want like the heat, just you got to shut it down or else that you got to expect what you're going to get. Right. Right. That's why I appreciate gringo and his support. And, uh, one of the voicemails said, I don't know how dark side puts up with it. I could never put up with the, you know, all the negativity, which I don't really care. I mean, honestly, anybody that's listening, I don't care if you don't like the show. Like to me, it's simple. Don't fucking listen. Um, if you do like the show, yeah. I appreciate you listening. You know, I, I said this, I think last week, you know, there's, there's a lot of podcasts I listen to. I subscribe to, and every once in a while, there's a guest that I just don't feel like listening to. So I don't listen to it. Exactly. Uh, I don't feel the need to then send a message to that guest or that post and be like, ah, oh, your show sucks, but whatever, man, if that's what gets you off. Cool, but Gringo, I appreciate you saying that my show is like getting your solid t- toss, salad tossed by your wife. I think that's a great analogy, Gringo. Uh, you know, so yeah. I, I was listening with I was listening to my with my wife. Yeah, and uh, we both like kind of chuckled at that. You know, it was just like that's a treat. He's yeah, it's like, a bonus. Yeah, you know, that's the friggin' treat. And <laughs> God, that was yeah. so it's fucking treat. It's yeah. in his fucking New York voice. It's beautiful. Here's the thing. If Gringo likes my show, I'm a, I'm winning. That's all I care about. Thank you, Steve, for giving me the opportunity. We're going to wrap this thing up. Galdi, uh, you and Noof, man, great guests. I always enjoy you guys. Tyler, thank you for coming on. But before we wrap this up, let's hit our BTO hot takes. Tyler, I'm going to let you go first. Well, my BTO hot take is going to be a lot less hot. I, like, I was like thinking that Shane McElrath is going to come out swinging in Supercross and surprise the shit everybody like by cleaning up on that bike. 
And then he goes and does this 1-1 performance. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, it's not going to be that too surprising come A1 when he does it again. Well, yeah, I, don't, I still don't think anybody's really picking him to be uh, one of the the winning forces, to be honest. Though I think Forkner, Dylan uh, Ferrandis, and Chase Sexton are the favorites. So that's still a pretty good hot take. If you think he's going to come out on fire, uh, that, that'd be good for the series. So I hope you're right. Um, God, well, what? he just proved it effortlessly cleaning up this weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he can back that thing up this weekend at Ironman. Maybe he can go do another 1-1 one, one and – well, I mean, this championship ain't over yet. You know, everybody thinks AC's got it, but you just never know. So. Supercross. Yeah, exactly. Galdi, yeah. Galdi what's your hot take? Well, I kind of texted back to you there today. I mean, Tyler went from the premier class down to the kitty class. I figure he's going to line up for the women's class next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, can Tyler, do you want to uh, say what your response to that was? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gringo would like my response. You can text it to him. All right, yeah, I'll share that with Gringo. We'll keep that. We'll keep. Oh, oh no, no, the the Galdi trying. Galdi doesn't make the main event at Montreal Supercross. It doesn't qualify for Montreal Supercross in the ATV class. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one too. That was a good one too. TJ, you got a BTO hot take? I got I got a hot take, but it's not about the pro stuff. I'm going to beat you this weekend racing. Oh yeah, we're racing Saturday night. Saturday it's, night's a night night race. race at Swan. And all year I've been trying to beat this dude. I'm just I'm, I'm stamping it right now. Okay. Start inside. Trust the process, TJ. Trust the process. Yeah. Well, I just gotta. I'm just hoping that maybe he gets a bad start because I'm on a 125 and he's on the 450. Yeah. So. It's all, yeah. Probably not gonna happen, TJ. Ah, dang it. But guys, okay, Galdi, T Dags, TJ Smith. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Uh, Steve Mathis, thank you for letting me do the wrap up show. Uh, once again, all the the great sponsors: BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines. Mission Starcross Fives, Maximum Oils, X Brand Goggles, Works Connection, all the others, Pro Filter. Uh, stay tuned for another episode of Hello Pookie. And that's a wrap, guys. Thank you. Anytime, dude. All right. We'll see you guys. We'll talk to you soon. And we're out of here. Right, hello, Pookie. How are you today? Hello, hello. I'm doing good, bro. How are you? Doing great. Uh, really excited to get this segment going. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this over the next few rounds. And uh, let's let's get started with one of our first questions. Um, whose idea is it to go to the strip club? Whose idea is it to go to the strip club? Um, it's definitely my idea to go to the strip club. When we go, we don't go that often. Um, it has to be kind of just the right, the right night has to lead into the right late night kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, has to be just the right level of drunk to, you know, be able to <laughs> let loose and have fun. You can't go in uptight. Um, Steve will suggest it usually for me if we're out having a good time, because he knows that, you know, if I'm having a real good time that I'll probably want to go. So like we went this year for my birthday and I think only one other time, this year again and then maybe the last time before that was my birthday last year so it's not like we're every other weekend out at the club or the strip club or like right. every weekend off or anything but um i don't know it's just i i went when i was 18 and it was in minneapolis when i went actually for um I would have been either Minneapolis Supercross or, or Washougal, probably Minneapolis Supercross. So anyway, I went to a strip club there, and um, the stripper kissed me, and that was it. I just love strip clubs and strippers <laughs> ever since then, like, kind of been infatuated. I didn't really ever visit a lot of strip clubs after that, but the whole stripper, like, industry and things like that are very fascinating to me. Um, I actually watch a lot of stripper videos on YouTube. Like, girls will just go through, like, their stripper bag, like, what they bring to the club with them, and they'll show, like, their outfits and their supplies and their shoes, and it's just the most boring stuff. But I don't know, for some reason, it just fascinates me that that whole, like, world exists. I don't know. So when I do go, I just try to let loose and have a good time and don't take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it has to be the right... <clears throat> 
things all lining up, you know, for that to happen. But right. I mean, everybody knows that. I always like like girls, and I'm always talking about people's girlfriends and wives and asking about them and stuff like that. So yeah. I think it shocks anybody to know that. No, no, I didn't even know that was a thing on YouTube, like the the stripper bag or something. That's that's interesting. Oh, you can get down into lots of different wormholes in YouTube. Believe me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, I guess I got to follow up the question with: Has uh, has there ever been anything more than a kiss uh, with a stripper? No, yeah. no. <laughs> All right. I mean, I mean, no, no. I'm not going to be like, yeah, no, getting crazy at a strip club. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. Okay, fair <laughs> I mean, enough. It does get crazy, but not too, not super crazy, not like over the top or anything. I've never been asked to leave. Let's put it that way. Well, that's that's kind of disappointing, but all right. So, um, all right. So, when you guys are at a, a strip club, um, is it something you like to see Steve get a dance, a lap dance, or does Steve like watching you get a lap dance, or is that? No, Steve actually doesn't ever really get a dance ever. Yeah. Um, I can think of one he got in the last three times that we went there. Okay. And yeah, otherwise he'll just he'll just buy me dances. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, it's, yeah. It's I, I, oh my god! I feel weird now that I'm talking about it. <laughs> well, we'll we'll end this segment, this episode, with that note. Then, and uh, it was enjoyable. So, all right, we'll go thanks. right up to the line on the first segment, and I'll just jump right across it. How about that? Perfect. That's what we want with this segment. Oh, everybody's gonna love Hello Pookie. They're like, I can't wait to hear next week. Yeah, it's gonna. Hopefully, um, this will double the numbers for the wrap up show. <laughs> oh my god! All what right. Well, thanks, Pookie. All right, talk to you later, bro. All right, see ya. Why would you want to talk, re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah.